Well, hello, Emmaus family. Sure miss you guys. Wish that we were all here together. Uh, I know we're all missing that. It's been good to see some of you guys coming through um, for the Tuesday morning stuff that we've been doing out in the parking lot. That's been a real blessing. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to share with you from the Word of God today. Um, if you're like Maggie and I, I don't know if some of you guys have been at home doing any gardening and things of that nature, but we've been planting some things and we ran into some cold the other day, as I'm sure a lot of you guys did. Uh, we even covered some of our plants, but the cold just got to them and did some damage to the, some of the plants that we uh, put in the ground. And it reminded me of a, of a survey that I found several years ago from weatherpages.com. They actually surveyed 277 different cities across the country. And it was found that Springfield, Missouri has the most variety of weather. And if you've lived here for any time, you know that's true, especially this time of year. One day it can be like feeling like summer and the next day it can be freezing cold. And so, and it's crazy. You know, you literally can have hail and sleet and snow and then uh, beautiful weather. And we're coming in to a season that we're all familiar with, tornado season. And, and just literally, it seems like sometimes in the spring, the snap of fingers, the weather can change quickly and you can have severe weather on top of us just before we know it. And it's almost like they come out of nowhere. And as I think about that, just how crazy back and forth the weather can be here and how even these storms as we come into the springtime can seem to pop up out of nowhere, that's kind of how life is. A lot of times it seems like things just can pop up out of nowhere unexpectedly and the next thing we know we find ourselves in the middle of a storm, a situation that we didn't even see coming. And in the passage today that we're going to look at, that's exactly what we see taking place. It may be a familiar story to you, um, but I hope that we can draw out some things to encourage us uh, today. So if you want to look in your Bibles, this story is found in a couple places, but the account we're going to look at is in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35 and ending in verse 41. And it says this, it says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, this is Jesus here, they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him. Let's pray real quick and then I want to look at this a little bit more. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness. I pray that as people are gathered in their homes right now that that um, their hearts and minds just be open to receive from you. So Holy Spirit, flow and move and fill uh, just the, the world with your presence right now and teach us in this time, Father. This time it's yours. It's completely, completely yours. Do with it as you please. Amen. Amen. So Jesus and the disciples here, 
They get into a boat and Jesus tells them, he says, let's go across to the other side. And as they're headed to the other side, a storm comes up out of nowhere. And through the text, it tells us that the waves become so big that they're literally crashing into the boat and filling up the boat. And the disciples, I really doubt that they saw this storm coming. Many of them were from that area and fishermen and had fished in this area many times and, and were used to seeing what it would look like when storms were coming in. And I really believe that if they, if they would have seen this coming, they would have said something or told Jesus, hey, there's a storm coming, we should wait. But they find themselves in the boat and out of nowhere, all of a sudden, here comes a storm and it's a bad one. And a lot of times that's what life is like, isn't it? We're cruising along and then out of nowhere, we have a problem. You lose your job. There's sickness. You have marital issues that come up. There's financial issues. You have trouble with your children. Your car blows up. This coronavirus, a pandemic comes up out of nowhere almost. Like there's all these things that seem to just happen like this as we go throughout life. And so the disciples, that's where they find themselves, in the middle of this storm. And where is Jesus? Where is Jesus when this comes and they're freaking out a little bit? Jesus, it says, is asleep. He is sleeping. And so they go to Jesus and they wake him up and they'd say, do you not care that we are perishing? Like that's how bad this situation is. They come to him and they literally think that they are going to die. They say, can't you tell that we are about to die here? And I think that if you're honest or if many of us are honest in the midst of some of the different seasons of life and storms that come up, we have a similar question for the Lord. We can say, where are you? And it almost seems like Jesus is sleeping, like he's not even caring or concerned about what's going on in our lives or in our situation. And it's almost like we turn to him sometimes and say, can't you see that I'm drowning here? Can't you see that I feel like I'm about to die here? And that's exactly the questions that they have. And so in the midst of your storms and situations, even right now with this coronavirus that's going on, maybe you have those same feelings and those same questions for Jesus. Where are you? It seems like you don't even care about what's going on in the world. And those are good questions. But we also see and know from the Word of God and the character of Jesus that He is, in fact, there. And He is with us. And so my first question for you this, this morning as we're going through this text is, what do you do when storms come? Think about your life and when different things and issues arise and pop up, what do you do? What's your response? What's your reaction to those things? Do you turn to Jesus or do you turn somewhere else? Do you turn uh, to yourself and try to fix things on your own? Do you turn to your intellect and say, okay, I'm, I got to think this through. I can make all this work out. I mean, who and where do you look in the midst of these storms? Because the reality is, is that the first place that we should always turn in any situation for that matter is to Jesus. If there's an issue that pops up, man, run to him first. And in the good seasons as well, the first place that we should turn is to Jesus and praise him and thank him. But the reality is in the midst of storms, sometimes we get so busy trying to figure out how to take care of the situation ourselves that we forget the truth that Jesus is with us in the boat, in the storm. We don't even remember that he's with us. We're just running around like crazy people, almost trying to fix something, forgetting 
that Jesus is with us and that he is the answer to our storms and our situations. He's the first place that we should turn. And it's sad because I think through my life, actually, and I think of so many different situations, I could share a million stories with you where things happen and come up and I'm trying to take care of it on my own. And then it's like almost this light bulb goes off. Why have I not talked to the Lord about this? And you know, but it's sad, but that's what I want my first inclination with everything in life to be, just to run to Jesus and turn to Him. And so in the story, it says Jesus wakes up, He rebukes the wind, and the storm immediately calms. It says that a great calm came about. Jesus had authority even over the wind and the sea. And that's a really important thing. That's a really big deal because Jesus is doing what only God can do. And it opens the eyes of the disciples in the story. And I'm reminded in Psalm uh, 89, verses 8 through 9, it says, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you? You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. Jesus here is doing that very thing, and he's showing them that he is doing what only God can do to reveal that, yes, he is a man, but he is God. And they respond and they say, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? And they'd seen some miracles take place by Jesus, but even this left them in greater awe of who Jesus was as he continued to reveal himself as the Savior of the world. And so... Here's the thing with this teaching. There's some things that we can learn. Sometimes in the midst of our storm, we ask God for help and he calms the storm. Absolutely. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. But this passage is not telling us that that is always what happens, that he will always immediately calm the storm that we face in life. Sometimes Jesus handles the situation, in fact, very differently than we think he would or should. And the reality is, is that even if Jesus doesn't calm the storm in your life immediately, what we can always remember, and this is a beautiful picture in this text, is that he is with us in those storms. He will be with you no matter what you face and encounter in life. He was in the boat with them. The Holy Spirit of God is in you and you will never face anything alone. So even and you're crying out to Jesus in the storms, if it means hunkering down in that storm and riding it out, remember, Jesus is with you through that, and he will see you through. In Joshua 1, 9, and in many places throughout Scripture, we see the very thing that the Lord is with us. That is a promise to his, his children that he is with us. Joshua 1, 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We will face storms. There is zero doubt about that. We just got done going through James, and we know from the very get-go that it's not if, but when we face trials of various kinds, right? They are coming. Those storms are coming. But remember that Jesus is with you in the midst of those very things. Now, Jesus, after they wake him up, it's really interesting to me, he asks them two questions. They wake him up. They say, can't you see that we are about to die here? And he asks them two questions. The first question he asks, he says, why are you afraid and where is your faith? Really interesting questions. And as you think about your life 
in the situations that maybe you're even currently facing right now. Everybody is facing a situation right now with this coronavirus. And so ask yourself, are you afraid? Are you afraid? Because, and I'm not trying to minimize anything that you go through in life. We've all experienced some really horrific, difficult things. But the reality is you do not have to be afraid. You don't have to live paralyzed by anxiety and fear and worry. You do not have to live that way. Jesus, in fact, told the disciples, if you remember, where they were to go. And he got in the boat with them to go there. He said, we're going to go to the other side. He got in and went with them. They needed to trust him that he would see them through to that other side. The reality is Jesus has told the disciples here, and like he tells us, follow me. You realize that when you are called to follow Jesus, when you're following somebody, they're leading the way. You're following, and we are following the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Savior of the world who has all authority, right, over anything and everything that we could face. And so trust Him. Don't be afraid. Follow Him. Follow Him. But the reality is sometimes where the Lord tells us to go can be scary, and we can face difficult situations, but He's with you. He is with you in the storms. He absolutely is. Psalm 118.6 It says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Love it. And the Great Commission, where all believers are commissioned to go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. Listen to what it says at the end of it. It says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority, and this is Matthew 28, 18 through 20, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That is a calling on your life, my life, everybody's life. But then listen to what he says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Man, guys, God is with us. We don't have to fear. We absolutely don't. If you want to do some reading um, on your own and that would be encouraging, encourage you to look up Psalm 56, read through that. Beautiful and awesome. And here's the deal. We're going to have those moments of fear, but I really believe that fear can quickly be overcome by the reality of who Christ is and that He is for us and with us. Jesus heals people, raises from the dead. He casts out demons. He can rebuke storms. He has complete authority and power over everything. He is for you and with you. Man, you do not have to be afraid of absolutely anything, including death. You do not have to fear it. You absolutely do not. So Jesus asked them, he says, why are you afraid? Maybe that's the question that Jesus is asking some of you. It's not saying that we act recklessly, but we don't have to live in fear despite the storm and what's going on around us. So he says, why are you afraid? And then the second question he asks is, where is your faith? He says, where is your faith? Where is your trust? And the reality is our faith is only as good as the object in which we place our faith in. I am placing my faith in whoever built this stage I'm standing on, that they did so in a way that it's going to support me and I'm not going to fall through. That is why it's so important that you place your faith in Jesus Christ alone. Because if you place your faith and your hope in anything else to sustain you, to bring you through those storms, it's going to leave you in a really bad situation. 
because no matter how much I personally want to fix the coronavirus deal, I can't, but you know who can? It's God. He absolutely can. And so I want to encourage you, place your faith in the midst of the storms in Jesus Christ. Don't put your faith in yourself, thinking I have the abilities, the strength, the intellect, the wisdom to deal with whatever it is. I mean, the Lord will give you those things as you seek Him for them. But don't put your ultimate trust and faith in yourself. Don't put your faith in the government. Don't put your faith in anything or anyone but Jesus Christ. Because the reality is if we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's all-powerful, knowing, perfect in all he does, he has authority in, in and over everything in heaven and on earth, man, we can trust him completely. In fact, it's kind of a weird thing to think, why on earth would we put our trust or faith in anyone else? It really is interesting. So where do you place your faith? In the middle of marital problems, financial issues, addiction, confusion, COVID-19, where are you placing your faith? That your own abilities are going to see you through? That the government will see you through? That certain leaders? I mean, man, it's crazy how we will even idolize certain political leaders to get us through things. It is Jesus Christ who will see you through everything in life. And it's by His grace and His sovereignty that you will be through that. So to tie everything together, finish up our time this morning, guys. Remember, storms in life come. They come. They're unavoidable. And a lot of times they're so unexpected. They come out of nowhere. And when they happen, where do you turn? Do you cry out to Jesus or do you try to take care of it on your own? And remember that even if you feel like, God, where are you? Do you even care about what's going on? That he absolutely does care and he is with you. You might feel like he's sleeping, like he's not even actively involved in what's going on in your life, but he is. He is there. I love that song Waymaker. If you don't, if you haven't heard that song Waymaker right now by Leland, look it up, listen to it, let it bless your soul because the lyrics have so much to even do with what I believe God is doing so often. It says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And that's God. That's how he is. He's behind the scenes all the time doing what we don't even realize he is. So when those things come, cry out to the Lord, turn to him and trust him. He will see you through. And you know what? I think one of the greatest ways to endure storms and to do so and in a God-honoring way is to do so with joy and praise. Praise the Lord during the storms because guess what? He is still good. He is still faithful in the midst of storms. So Friday night, for example, join in 7 to 9 live on Facebook. We'll just be worshiping the Lord. And it might be weird for you at home if you're not used to that sort of deal. But man, worship the Lord. Don't care what other people in your house think. Worship the Lord and enjoy His presence. And remember, guys, you don't have to live in fear of storms or anything in life because God is with you. Put your complete faith and trust in Him because He is good. Be encouraged, guys. As difficult as this season is that we're in, God is using it. We're hearing incredible testimonies of all that the Lord is doing. The Lord's teaching me so much in my life about what I think I need and what I don't and what I value and what I don't value so much anymore and stuff. So God is using this. He absolutely is. Don't think that he's lost control or that he's sleeping. He is absolutely in control and he uses all things for his glory. So guys, be encouraged. I love you. Look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.